It's National Signing Day across the college landscape, and Locked On has you covered with the latest for your favorite college teams. I'm Jordan Black, and you know, the rich keep getting richer when it comes to recruiting, and of course, that means we're talking about the SEC. Alongside recruiting expert John Garcia, we welcome in Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. Chris, take us through the top five teams when it comes to recruiting classes for this class of 2023. Yeah, I mean, in, in you know, last year A&M had their nice little jump up to number one out of nowhere, and that was all fun and exciting. But now we're back to the uh, the Blue Bloods. It's Alabama and Georgia sitting right there at the top, number one and number two. And then, of course, LSU and Brian Kelly, they continue to do work. It just seems whoever is the head coach at LSU, they're always going to recruit well because of that talent-rich state. Uh, Josh Heupel in Tennessee doing a fantastic job jumping into the top ten. And, you know, Florida was right up there. If they had closed the deal with Jaden Rashada like they should have, they would have been you know, top 10 right there, but great classes overall, I think highlighted by Alabama and Georgia being the top dogs once again. Some really big news today, though, for the SEC, for South Carolina. John, tell us about the commitment of Nicholas Harbor, what that means for the SEC, what it means for South Carolina, just how big that is. Yeah, I think that was, you know, as national recruiting battle uh, from a traditional standpoint as we got in this class of 2023. So a kid from Washington, D.C., no real ties to any of his finalists outside of, you know, Maryland being his home state. Uh, and a Oregon-South Carolina battle comes down to the Gamecocks there in the end. So a huge plant-the-flag moment for not only South Carolina and Shane Beamer, but the SEC, another elite recruit, five-star talent, heading down to SEC country from outside of the traditional SEC footprint, which has really been kind of the detriment of, of every other conference over the last 10, 15 years. It's not only keeping SEC talent home, but going into your backyard and taking Texas and California and Mid-Atlantic and Northeast talent along with it. And Harbor's just the latest example of that. Um, from an athletic standpoint, he could be a five-star tight end or a five-star defensive end. They're just not many human beings walking around at 6'5", 230 with those kind of accolades. So you could see why it was such a big, battle and a long battle over several years for a lot of these programs so for a relatively young coaching staff to go out and win it uh, in South Carolina was a really big deal and, and he becomes not only their class headliner but the guy who puts that that school back on notice hey this is a program that's going to be ambitious and bold on the recruiting front regardless of, of where you're from and Harbor will be reflected as that poster child uh, going forward. Chris any teams that that really needed to make significant moves in this recruiting class and maybe underachieved, if you will? Yeah, I was a little surprised with, with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. I mean, you know, the, the recruiting rankings are so weird now because what are we talking? Are we talking just kids out of high school? Are we doing the combo thing and we're combining transfers because Ole Miss has done a really good job through the transfer portal uh, not so much on the recruiting trail this this cycle. So, you know, it's kind of a give and a take. And, hey, okay, we're not going to bring in a bunch of highly touted, uh, you know, freshmen. Then we're going to go get some guys from the transfer portal that are proven already. So if you like that approach, then you call it a win and say Ole Miss did a great job. But if you like the kids that are going to come on campus and be there for three, four years and develop, then I'd say Ole Miss probably underachieved in that category. But speaking of the Mississippis, John, you mentioned one of your biggest surprises being – the other team from Mississippi. Yeah, the Bulldogs. Uh, they, they won a head-to-head big-time late riser battle uh, for Jonathan Davis, in-state pass rusher, who was a good old-fashioned Egg Bowl uh, battle to the point where he visited both Oxford and Starkville 
the final weekend of the recruiting cycle. He opted for Mississippi State uh, on Wednesday morning. They also went down into South Alabama to pick up a big-time cornerback recruit, flip him uh, from USM there at the end of the day. So a great close to, to the recruiting cycle for Mississippi State and a very big class, which, let's be honest, it's a bit surprising. Obviously, you know, huge tragedy going down in December, RIP to Mike Leach. Um, you know, that all happened a week before the first signing day. And Mississippi State galvanized its recruits, held on to a good class, and then followed it up with not only portal additions and some interesting ones with kids coming back to the state of Mississippi, but a nice high school recruiting finish, both head-to-head against Ole Miss and elsewhere. And that's not something I necessarily expected a couple weeks back. Chris, Alabama and Georgia, when we talk about the rich getting richer, it's it's those two leading the pack. How big is is the gap between those two and the rest of the pack in the SEC recruiting wise? I mean, you know, it depends what what you want to, you know, classify here as, as gap, you know, I I would say, you know, did LSU and uh, some of the other schools get some elite talent? Yeah. I mean, we just talked about Harbor going to South Carolina. That's elite, but Alabama got like five harbors. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where they just keep reloading. And and this is going to be an interesting offseason for both teams because we talk about stability in the SEC. A lot of other teams know who their quarterbacks are. Mississippi State with Will Rogers, uh, you know, Jaden Daniels coming back to LSU. Uh, Alabama and Georgia are the two schools that are absolutely loaded with talent. But they have big question marks at that quarterback spot. So, look, you can load up all the four- and five-star talent you want on National Signing Day, and that's what Bama and Georgia did. But it doesn't mean anything if you don't figure out who this quarterback is going to be. Who's replacing Bryce Young? Who's replacing Stetson Bennett? So, big question marks for those guys. They'll figure it out in spring ball. But, yeah, when you got four- and five-star talent everywhere, it makes it a little bit easier for you to uh, keep on rolling and have dominant season after dominant season, whereas a lot of the other schools in the SEC are still playing catch-up. When you talk about recruiting, you're talking about guys who can make an immediate impact next season. So which team has a number of those guys and which team has which which team has uh, plenty of those guys and is a team that we're maybe not talking about? Maybe the unexpected hero and the team that um, maybe is going to surprise us as a whole next season. Yeah, I'll jump in here and and I'll say Auburn. Um, I think you talk about outperforming expectations. This class was in the dumpster um, under Brian Harson. There's really no other way to put it. He was a lame duck before he was even fired. um, And kids talked about it. They knew it. That perception travels in recruiting. These are impressionable teenagers after all. But what Hugh Freeze has done since taking over has been nothing short of remarkable. Not only keeping great talent home, but going out and flipping them from your rivals. So the Keldrick Fox, the Jeremiah Cobbs of the world headed to Auburn, Kay and Lee, the Ohio State flip, those guys are going to get run day one uh, at Auburn. And I think when your best commits are those instant impact players, that certainly uh, helps you kind of keep the ball rolling uh, in in what should be a new elevated recruiting standard under Hugh Freeze. Now, of course, you got to do it on the field and try to match that energy. But from a recruiting standpoint, uh, from point A to now, I mean, Auburn's come the furthest and, and, and the longest way from from zero or in the, in the 50s or 60s all the way up into the top 15 or 20 nationally and, and top 10 in the SEC. If you'd have said anything close to that, every single Auburn fan I know would have signed up day one. And that's exactly what Hugh Freeze has accomplished in a few months. Anyone stick out for you, Chris? 
I'll just say Ruben Owens from from Texas A&M. I think that's a guy that can step right in and start from day one at, at running back, who's a big five-star recruit from the Houston area. And they lose Devon A. Shane. He heads off to the draft. They lost Isaiah Spiller a year ago. So Ruben Owens, I think, is the next great running back in line to step in and play immediately there for Texas A&M. And I think it have an immediate impact. And when you talk about all the freshmen they have from last year with with Evan Stewart and, and, and Connor Wegman back at quarterback, you start to look at A&M and, yeah, they went five and seven. But, man, this thing could turn around very quickly if some of these recruits that they signed hit like Ruben Owens.